the Exton Moss Experiment. Adventures in Wine and Space with Simon Exton and Ken Moss. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of the Exton Moss Experiment. I'm Ken Moss. I'm Simon Exton. And what have we got for today? Today we have a treat. Not the... <laughs> Apologies ladies and gentlemen, this isn't our first gin of the evening. In fact, this is the last thing that we're recording this evening. So it there, is. There's been a reasonable amount of gin sailed out of the kitchen this evening. What we're going to look at this evening is a programme that I remember from when I was a kid called The Tomorrow People. was a early 70s through to early 80s ITV children's science fiction program about a group of youngsters who developed telepathic telekinetic powers and styled themselves homo superior the next stage in human evolution we're going to be looking at one of the stories from season three which was a bit earlier than I remember and having watched them again recently most of the stories from the first three seasons are pretty good And Roger Price, the guy who devised and wrote a lot of the story, apparently said that he wanted it finishing at the end of season three. And certainly at the end of season three, there's a big bust up. Loads of the Tomorrow people get shot. They all decide to leave Earth for a while. There's a big natural ending point. And because it was very popular, it was brought back and never was quite as good as the earlier shows. The episode that we're going to watch is the exception to that, because this is a third season episode that isn't terribly good. But it's the one, isn't it? But it's the one with Peter Davidson, where he meets Sandra Dickinson, later to be Mrs. Davidson. I've only seen a still of this, a publicity shot of Peter Davidson in a a horrific wig. In a Shirley Temple wig, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What the hell is this going to be about? Oh, it gets worse than that. And as a treat, and because I think this will be incredibly entertaining, (laughs) we're going to do this as a live commentary. This goes against our grain. We don't do live commentaries for anything other than the first and last episodes of Doctor Who. But I think your reaction is going to be (laughs) so entertaining. And for all I've I've said, it's not terribly good. It's a very, very entertaining episode. uh, Three episodes. It's entertaining for all the wrong reasons, as we will come to see. It's got the word people in the title, and you've recommended it. The Corridor People, The Tomorrow People. I can see a pattern emerging here. Oh, this is nowhere near as good as as The Corridor People. As good. The Corridor People is wonderful. (sighs) You're an absolute heathen. We need to watch it again. My mind isn't sprained enough. Oh, you wait till we get to Artemis 81. But before we get on to the joy of The Tomorrow People... There are a few things that we need to do. We do. I'll get the tonic screwdriver out and unscrew. The first taster to the... Uh, well... It's not the first taster It's not the, the first day. taster of the day. It's a long, a long way. The, the first taster since the last one. It's um, Portobello Road. It's Portobello Road. Ooh, that's... It's extraordinarily potent. Goodness me. Oh, good grief, I don't make weak chins. How many years have we known each other? I know, the, the proper measures. Farhook. That, that's... Uh, it's good, isn't it? What percentage is this? I've no idea. I think it's lovely. It's a very ginny tasting gin. It doesn't have floral notes no, or there's strawberry bits or Woody whatever. aftertones it, or no. It tastes like... Gin. Gin like your grandmother would know. Yeah, this, this is proper mother's ruin. My grandmother's this. teetotal, but... Mine was as well, but she had uh, acute diabetes, which sort of had her. Oh, no, she, my, my grandmother came from a family of alcoholics and she decided to, to go against the grain. The rest of us have made up for it since, um, clearly. <laughs> Sustained and devout liver abuse. It's the only way. Anyway, back to the gin. Portobello Road. I'm giving it three out of five Bernards. It's a very ginny gin. You see, I like ginny gin, so I'm giving this a four out of five. <laughs> I think the professor would approve. I wouldn't and chase ask for it. another one. Maybe this is what Bernard was having when he was launching all those rockets and killing men. You know, that's why he doesn't take his overcoat off because it's got a hip flask in each pocket. Oh, the genuine article. Right. Well, I, I'm glad this is as strong as it is because even a cursory glance at what I presume is the title sequence is mad. Oh, it, whatever the actual episode is going to be like, and 
I, I, I've warned you enough that it's not going to be it's not going to be the greatest quality television. The theme tune and the title sequence are incredibly atmospheric. The theme tune is, is bizarrely it's ringing bells. Have, have you heard any of the big finish? No, but this is what I'm going to come out with. Shall we just bring, the... a gla- bring a glass? We need to go into the Black Archive. Oh, right, okay. That actually brings me on to what I've come down here to rescue today. Big Finish lost the line. I've never heard any of the Tomorrow People audios, but they were very popular with those that liked I, I love them. They are my favourite thing that Big Finish has ever done. But there is an entire series that's been recorded that will never be heard because, because they lost that the rights. bloody awful American thing, and, so, and it is awful. And I feel so sorry for... Nigel Fares. Well, everybody involved, really. But he, I mean, he was the big driving force behind it. It's just that the they were so well received, and everybody had said, and all the reviews said that it took the Tomorrow People and sort of did it justice. Absolutely, they're, they're superb. There isn't a bad one right from the very first episode, and you know I'm very selective about. You my, are about um, Big Finish, yes. I'm not a believer that it has Big Finish on it, therefore it must be wonderful. But their Tomorrow People range was absolutely superb. The best thing they they put out for years, and I was absolutely that that final season was never released. Maybe one day when somebody somewhere sees sense. Yeah, so that's what I'd... Even though it, it technically does exist, I would like to pull that out and, and launch it into the world. I thoroughly agree with that because I would love to hear it. My rescue for the Black Archive is a related TV series because The Tomorrow People was the second show that the production team had made. And the previous show was one called Ace of Wands, which ran for three series. And it was about a stage magician, his assistant, and the classic lineup for Ace of Wands was for the first two series and featured Judy Lowe and Tony Selby as the assistant and the roadie. And none of those episodes exist. The third series exists in its entirety, and it's an awful lot of fun. We should do one at some point. There's a really nice one called Peacock Pie, which is a, just a, a beautiful, gentle piece of television. But it had a, a real feel of the odd to it that you, you kind of don't get in modern television mm. programs like those. One story is about a, a woman who collects dolls and hypnotizes people into thinking that they're dolls in a giant dollhouse. There's another one about little old ladies hypnotizing soldiers into releasing nuclear missiles. And it, it's all quite genteel and entertainingly bonkers. And we'll, we'll give some a go at some point. <laughs> I think we've got enough entertainingly bonkers queued up, ready to play. Shall we run VT and see what it is? Well, you've already seen this, I haven't. So I, I have. So we're going to do this as a live commentary. What could possibly go wrong? at the end of which you may or may not want to search out the episodes for yourself. See, this is really atmospheric for me because I remember watching it um, as a kid. And it was sort of... immediately after you got got home from school thing. Now, the, the special effects, it has to be said, are not great. Well, this is early to mid-70s, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um oh my godfathers <laughs> Peter Davison is propped up in very bulging speedos with nothing else on apart from a bad wig oh and, and some spangly boots kinky boots and a choker and that's the entire pre- pre-credit sequence aren't you glad we chose this I've got to say, just title sequence-wise... the title sequence, it's fantastic. And for the time... The nearest I can equate it to in modern terms is the Big Bang Theory, but this is 1970s. This would have been 75, I think. Hey, hats off for that. What in the name of bloody hell? So apparently, the, 
The only thing that makes Sandra Dickinson's voice even more annoying is to give it a Texan accent. Jesus Christ. Now we put some clothes on. So, so they're space cowboys who have just come into orbit in their spaceship around Earth. The dialogue is virtually unintelligible so far. Yeah, um, I'm not sure that they've actually improved his costume by putting clothes on him. No. Um, she seems to be dressed as the Queen of Hearts from um, Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Oh, God, make it stop. <laughs> so, so they've, they've all got really bad Texan accents. Including one who is a genuine American. Is she? Sandra Dickinson is, yeah. I don't know who the Grotbag's Queen of Hearts is, but she ain't American. Now they're eating green porridge, which looks like... Oh, goodness me. So she's got... the. the 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 mother who has the the Queen of Hearts costume on has some sort of remote control thing on her wrist. Um, which which is apparently tickles his feet. Yeah, this is all incredibly kinky. They did at least cut before he started licking his sister's thigh-high patent leather boots. That's Tim, isn't it? The yes. Thing, yes. So they've now cut to the uh, Tomorrow People's underground base, which I think at this point is supposed to be in a, a disused underground station. So the the two tomorrow people that are left from the original lineup um, is that one who was making sarky comments, Stephen, whose tomorrow people fandom and him, him who is John. Yeah, what's his uh, the actor's name? Yeah, I can't remember. Um, I don't think he's done anything else apart from this. And that that's Elizabeth, who is a school teacher. And the other one is Taizo, who's a um, who's from a, a family of travellers. So the tomorrow people have. Oh no, that that, that television dates it, doesn't it? Um, so the new arrivals in their in their spaceship are judging Earth culture by cowboy films. The, the aliens have decided that one of the... Um, they've deci- decided that one of their number has to go down to Earth to get supplies. And because he's so henpecked, then Elmer, the um, Peter Davison character, it, it's being co-opted into doing it. So basically, there are aliens out there in space who are just country hicks. Yeah, the spacewalking effects in this not brilliant. Yeah, I mean, bear in mind it's early days of CSO. Around this this time, they'd have been doing Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Yeah, fair enough. Although that in the background is supposed to be the solar system. A lot more planets than oh, I Oh, good grief! Shostakovich, <laughs> the Queen of Hearts outfit has gone. 
to be replaced with a leotard. Silvery leotard. And she's not a small girl. And knee boots matching those worn by her daughter. And again, stock footage of black and white cowboy films. Oh, about the most awful... Oh, dear God. I'd forgotten this bit. Ship's tractor beam is a hand <laughs> superimposed over the CSO. Looking at it from the outside in, I think anything Big Finish would have done would have been an improvement on this. To be entirely fair, I've not given you the best first introduction. <laughs> Um, it is incredibly entertaining, but it's not good. Those sound effects aren't either. Although that looks exactly like... It's Susan's bed. I was thinking about the Doctor's bed in... Um, As you destruction. No, Planet of the Daleks. Oh, dear God. Yeah, you say that though, but I was watching, I've been re-watching Doctor Who Series 10. Yeah. And there's um, Oxygen, where Bill comes across an alien who is bright blue mm. and just stares open mouth and comments on the colour. And this blue alien just turns around and says, oh, God, here we go, we've got a racist. If it's something you're not used to seeing, presumably yeah, fair enough. these Alabama hick cowboy aliens have never seen a black girl before. Why would they have Alabama hick? Oh, it's like Milo Clancy all again, isn't it? I don't have a problem with Milo Clancy. You, last time, when we did the Space Pirates, I looked at it, it pissed you off, the, the accent. Oh, right. So they they've they've sent Peter Davison's character oh, down to Earth, actually wearing a cowboy costume in the middle of London or wherever it is, complete with spurs and oh, spangly satiny shirt with tassels. Oh, an embassy fag machine on the street. That as much as anything dates it, doesn't yes. it? All my boots flesh. We only stuck the best here. Up oh, Liverpool. Come on, show us where your camera is. <coughs> oh. Oh. That, that was quite unexpected. Yeah. Elmer has gone to get supplies, walked into a greengrocer, tried walking out with a whole load of them. There's a couple of comedy scenes in between where he knocks over a uh, window cleaner's bucket. But in the meantime, just draws a gun and shoots the... The greengrocer. With a spattering uh, of bloody things. Yeah, who thinks he's on candid camera or something. Now, so much for keeping a low profile. One of the tomorrow people has just turned has, has up. Just appear, appeared in the middle of the shop with some bizarre torch thing. Healed him and cleaned all the blood off of everything. And then Elmer is just wandering along the street... And frightens a young child with a fish. And has now discovered a pub. Snuff. Snuff and... Howdy, cowboy. What can I get for you? Whiskey. Come in Double. And... Oh, that's just scary. You only come back when he steps on the dozen pin. When he walks. Right, the whole fe- female chauvinist thing gets... Or does it wear thin? It gets a bit overplayed. Oh, Jesus. The, no. the lady doing the, the high kicks is in, in the spangly leotard is... Now, I like something to get hold of, but my goodness me, it's the equivalent of me wearing a mankini. It's not going to swing, really. Elmo's gradually getting pissed on whiskey because he's heard that in, in films and he's just pulled a gum that looks that really looks like a toy gum on the, it's, 
happily capable of blowing holes in people. Yeah, but the landlord doesn't know that. And he's doing his cod-scared reaction. Oh, and they've got lassoes. He crouched down to pick up all his supplies and things, leaving his gun on the table. And rather than doing the sensible thing and taking it, and the tomorrow people's space food, his burgers, his burgers with tomato ketchup. Oh, and now we have a shootout. With Peter Davison. Oh, good oh, heavens. Dear God. And so the tomorrow people tomorrow just people turned, up. turned up in cowboy costume. With awful accents. Their teleport belt, rather than teleporting him, has tickled him to has death. Has just tickled him unconscious. And now they're just going to fuck off back to the lab, leaving the police to run in and find him. So they've not really helped that situation, have they? That's one of the maddest things I've ever watched. That, and that's the end of the first episode. How did you enjoy that? Um, I won't be rushing for the DVD box set. So I've been saying this, I'm in the middle of recording a fantasy series for an author in America. And um, there, are several, there are various different accents that I've got to do over the course of this oh is this inspiring look it has a scientific advisor <laughs> the may, one thing I may am have had a week off more than conscious of doing is the varying American accents because I'm not American and English by and large not universally uh, and I, I cite um, Hugh Laurie as an example the English don't do American accents very well the only people that genuinely pull off American accents are Americans. That episode, writ large, is an exercise in how not to do American accents. It was virtually unintelligible. But yeah, apart from that, what a wonderful piece of TV. It's entertaining. You're going to make me watch the next two now, aren't yep. you? Yep. Is it worth it just for the title sequence? If you like, we can stop it at this point. We can't. I'm not wasting the gin. Well, watch this next one and see how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking mental. What the fuck? Here we go down the Zuzalum. Oh, the teleport thing that gets him back to the spaceship is called the Zuzalum pin. We tried to bring him back to the lab using the map transporter, but it wouldn't work on him. I believe in Tomorrow People fandom, Peter Vaughan Clark, who plays Stephen, holds a similar role to Richard Franklin. Richard Franklin once said to me in Liverpool before a convention that Erica Edgerton had arranged, he came up to me quite unprovoked in the Cavern Club and said, uh, oh, in fact, it was at the Fab Cafe. I, I, I do like the Fab Cafe. It was lovely. But he came right up in my face and said, you've got a nerve. After what happened last night, how can you show up here? And I just looked at him and said, I think you must take him from somebody else. Oh, am I? And walked off. I still don't know who the hell, even ten years after the fact, I've no idea who the hell he thought I was, or what I'd done, or what he was referring to, but... Um, I've not had the pleasure. Lucky escape leaps, yeah. leaps to mind. I want to talk to the ship myself. You can do that. Only the mama talk to the ship. I must. I have something to say to the ship. Then you tell me, and I'll tell the ship. Well, tell the ship. It doesn't have to do anything. I'll get on and safely back to you. 
What guarantee can you give? By talking to the ship? The ship is addressing you. She sounds much more realistic when she's pretending to be controlled by the ship yeah. than she does when she's pretending to be the... The best thing in this so far mm. is that black actress, and I don't know who she is. Elizabeth Adair. Has she been anything else? She, I don't think... She should have been. I don't think so. Um, I think she did a Sally Nivette and went, went into higher education after doing this. But she, um, she's second generation Tomorrow People. She wasn't one of the original ones, but she was introduced at the beginning of the second series. Was a regular for a few years and then popped backwards and forwards as a guest star right the way through to the, the very end of the series. Are there subtitles on this pile of shite? Possibly. Can you really not understand what they're saying? Well, either the gin is playing a heroic part in this, or they're just abominably bad. No! <laughs> Never do that again to camera. Oh, God. Yeah, the... the oh, she's like... just did a scissor kick to camera. The big mother thing in the silver leotard. Oh, my goodness me. Cannot be unseen. Well, I've heard of day for night filming, but I've never heard of uh, winter for summer filming with a B effect on it. Yeah, that's because they've, they've sent little Tyso into the police station with a box full of bees that he's just opened. Miss it gonna be Doctor Who? Well, sure, how about that? No, 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 no. Um, she didn't have that. Just veil on. That's a he. That's a lad. Yes, welcome to the 1970s. Well, he, she, stroke it hasn't said anything <laughs> all episode, so I'm not sure what it is. Yeah, I mean, the Tomorrow People do at times end up with the problem of too many regulars. Do you mean the third companion? Basically, yeah. And poor Tyso often ends up without a great deal to do. Why are they all dressed as cowboys? Homo superior. Ah, no, it, it, it's big. Don't explain it away. It doesn't make any sense. What's... Now they're playing getaway music. Yes. In a that, Rover 700. That's because the aliens have got their ideas about the... Um, Yes, from bad cowboy music. Yeah. It doesn't explain why the Tomorrow People are playing along. For a degree of familiarity. Now, you see, it's, temp- mean, it's tempting to say that the degree of security for, uh, for this is not great. But do you remember when we watched that episode of Zed Cars and the level of security in that bank? Well, they sort of wandered in and the security extended to a, a latch that you'd find on a bathroom door. Oh no, a T-junction! My worst nightmare! That's the sign for a cul-de-sac. How much that gin did you have before I got here? Is this Tomorrow People or the Dukes of Hazard? There's Roscoe P. Coltrane and Cletus chasing after the Bowen Luke Duke and... Uh, and Does that Do- make Peter Davison <laughs> Daisy Duke? <laughs> <laughs> and does it make the mama boss hog? <laughs> hey, Cletus, we're in hot pursuit. There they go in a Ford. Have they just nicked somebody's car? Uh, somebody's Cortina, yes. Oh, fortunately, there's a handy military Land Rover. Oh, shit, a brick. The black actress. This pretty black actress. Oh, my fucking God. Why have they got her speaking in that ridiculous voice? Because she's taking the piss. You're brilliant, Elizabeth. I don't think they wanted to stay and be shouted at by that troublesome woman. No. But uh, she has just recognised that she, were, she was playing the part of a Harrods. No, I know that. You mean you don't know where the Dooslin pin is? Well, of course Elmer knows where the Dooslin pin is. We just don't know how to get there, that's all. Well, that fish it? must have well, fucking stunk by now. John, we've hit a slight snag. Should they not be moving at this point? 
Well, one of them's in the General Lee, disguised as a Mark II Cortina. <laughs> oh, being chased by a Morris Minor. Is there any greater threat in the universe? This is terrible. It's appallingly bad. They're going to all this trouble, so he's been able to go to Earth and get supplies, and he's busy troughing his way through all of the supplies. There's going to be at the, at the end of it. There's going to be half a herring left. Oh no, no, there, there are other complications to happen. Oh gosh, I can't wait to see. There are some incredibly cringeworthy things. Part of the thing is that they're supposed to be keeping their existence secret because there aren't very many of them. But they do things like driving along in a police chase, just suddenly stopping and teleporting out of the car. And then, assuming the police aren't going to notice this. And for all this disguise, she hasn't taken the nasty headscarf off, has she? No. They've now stopped at some random bit of waste ground. So, what's her name? Elizabeth. And him, Cletus, Stephen. Why? Oh, no, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, Elizabeth has been... She's too intelligent to be prattling about in the headscarf. And he should and know why, better than why to be she, wearing leather chaps. And there's a random cat. A random for, ginger cat. For no reason. That fish must be very badly off if even a cat's not interested. I, now he's just scattering all the food that he's... Oh. Ah, ah, the hand tractor beams out again. So the giant weird pin-looking thing, when they're looking for something called a pin, what exactly are we looking for? And then he stomps on it. Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to help myself from laughing when some fat, leotarded English woman trying to put on an Alabama accent spanked me around the head with the steps. And... Yeah. It's comedy gold. Oh, that's an unflattering shot. Um, it's... Um, this is, this is all a little odd. Am I in your nightmare or are you in mine? And the whole bouncing backwards and forwards between the two battling women. The one at the bottom of the stairs just stopped in the middle and he kept bouncing backwards and forwards between the two. And now he's just teleported away. Why didn't he do that? In the first place. And why is he teleported, teleported into a immediately in front of the police? Oh, he's gone back to where they were in the where they were in the first place to this is one of the crappiest things you've ever shown me but it's entertainingly crappy isn't it, it thankfully because we're full of gin and taking the piss mercilessly but oh Christ I didn't watch this sober good heavens he's clearly in it because he's a handsome fella. she is wasted with the pigtails why she should have gone to much greater things he stroke she it <laughs> It's just there to give the blonde wig props department something to do. Certainly not the dialogue. It's the 1970s. Department. That was probably his real hair. Galloping galaxies. Now there's something I wouldn't mind seeing again. Never seen it. Yeah, but after your time. Oh dear, 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 dear God! There's a middle-aged oh. camel toe. Brace, brace. What, for impact? No. Oh. 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 Beryl Reed. That yes, too she reminds it. me of. Yep, Beryl, I'm with you. Now, based on What's this, that? Oh, I have no weird idea. Weird goose-stepping thing. As far as I'm aware, this is where Peter Davison and Sandra Dickinson got together. Yes. I cannot imagine... Presumably pissing any. themselves laughing over the script. And bear in mind, the first time he saw her, or vice versa, it won't have been in these costumes. Oh, a corridor. Oh, the corridor people. Well, I was more thinking we haven't, we haven't seen Doctor Who corridors in a while. But we could watch some corridor people if you like. No. Oh, rain feels like pate. It's a little bit too much jiggling, isn't there? Yep. 
More than enough, yeah, yeah. Right, so he's gone back to the pub because apparently they've only got four sets. What on earth-sized heels has he got on those boots? They're more like stilettos than cowboy boots, aren't they? Well, well great big whacking stone heels, but... Materialise in front of their cars. He realised you lot were behind it. You lot? You'd never hear Zen talking like that. ...investigation that would have led right to you. I promised him on behalf of the Tomorrow People that nothing like it would happen again. On behalf of the Tomorrow People, nothing like this will happen again. <laughs> I should pick him well up. No. How did she suddenly get from one side of the bar to the other? I'm not sure. And where's the cat gone? Because there was a cat in the first pub scene, wasn't there? That ginger thing. Yes, it was a cat. Oh, a musical interlude. Wobbly floorboard sets. Simon, this is terrible. I'm not going to believe this. Beyond terrible. He learns fast, doesn't he? That's Alf, that is. Shucks! They've arrested him again. Fortunately, this time, no one was hurt. Yeah, but nobody was hurt last time either. No chances on his escaping a second time. Do you think the mum is going to see it that way? She's beautiful and talented. Why on earth wasn't she in other things? Maybe this put her off for life. Oh, that that's a look. Oh, he stroke she. Um, I don't think he's in anything else again either. What, with trans? It's the 70s. Can, is it possible to be both pre and post trans? I think he's nailed it. Simpson, Dudley Simpson did the sound for this. Goodness me. What problem do you have with the sound? I quite like the title music. The title music is fantastic. Yeah. The title sequence is fantastic. The, the rest of it's a little... Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did warn you about that before we went into it. Um, oh... oh. I mean, yes, it's shit, but are you enjoying it? Of course I am. We'll watch the last one. Three or five? Five? You fucker. <laughs> no, it's three of three. He's got a line! Or she has. So they have to go back and rescue Peter Davison again. And getting more bananas and fish, or they're going to boil the planet. Roger Price, who wrote this episode, was uh, delighted with the way it was realised. You know as well as I do, John, that the Galactic Federation would take months to decide what to do, and then weeks more to take any action. 
The Galactic Federation is largely spectacularly useless in this. Who are the Galactic Federation in this? And presumably they're not as effective as the Blake 7 one. Oh, God, no. Um, and they do actually turn up towards the end of the series and they are... Camp. Um, puppets that make Time Lash look good. Shit, because plasters have always been applied in that crisscross fashion. Let you go, provided you go straight back to the do something and straight back to the ship. Now, is that a deal? Oh, it sure is disappointing not having another jailbreak and all. Is that a deal? In order to validate the terrible American accent, they've had to make him super English by putting him in a bowler hat and a suit with a carnation in his lapel. That woman doesn't own that man, ever. You can just see a disaster about to happen, can't you? I wonder if that... Elizabeth. They're all so bland, the characterisations, it's a shame. Again, the fact that he's got a Poe kind of ages it, doesn't it? And they just put it straight on his head without any... Oh, dear Christ. Right, so they're back at the the Dooslum pin. Let's see how you like being their man, boy! Ah, so Peter Davison has been all emancipated. (sighs) And chosen not to go back and has sent John in his place. John? Tim, there's no reply. John? The table is supposed to boost their telepathic ability. Oh, oh good grief. Oh. Now they've turned into cheerleaders. Huh? Okay, I, I deal with quite a lot of people with head injuries on a daily basis and they don't just lie there with their eyes crossed. Ask him if you can arrange for the police to hand over into our custody. Well, yes, that's a marvellous idea because they've done so well in the past. Possibly go wrong. Now your lady has a man boy on, you should have a bracelet of power. It's a bracelet of power? What on earth have they put on his feet? Tickling boots. Silver platforms with a three-piece suit and a dented bowler. I'm no fashion expert. But that doesn't work. She's a cross between Beryl Reed and the Queen Mother from the Massacre. With a chunk of Joan Sim thrown in. Agreed. So how come she had the American accent that time and not the first time she was talking to the ship? Oh my God, the accent. Um, Tickling boots. What the... That, I think that was an element of comedy relief. You didn't relieve me. Oh yeah, you see, this is sort of crappy bit of set for Underground Station. I think they move part way through to another to another base, but I think that's a few seasons' time. See, I'm not entirely sure that this is ethical, because he's somebody who's been weirdly abused his entire life, and she's just carrying on with the, the abuse. Elma, did you live on the spaceship? Yes, Elma lived on the spaceship with the mama and Emily. Or perhaps that's just because I've just spent a big chunk of the last working week working through my adult safeguard. You, <laughs> might, you might be over-analysing this. She's the most switched on person in the entire thing. Oh, pretty much the entire series, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Later on in the series, they, they cast a Japanese actress who couldn't speak English. She's incredibly entertaining. <laughs> but that's when the stories get started getting quite bad. So. It, what? Is she talk right there? And did they play up to it horrifically? Uh, no, they didn't actually. They just didn't give her very many lines oh. after the first couple. They kept her on for a few seasons. Oh dear God! Oh God! And you want me to watch this? Even I have my limits. No, you don't. I do. You, you, you. Yes, that may be just who I'm meeting. What happened to? What a colossal waste she is. I'd love to know what her name is. In an environment where there was nothing to do except perpetuate the species, it is likely that women might assume a more dominant role at the expense of the men. In all probability, a community confined to a spaceship for a long period of time would develop some weird customs. (laughs) 
mad. But it, just interesting they regard that describe female dominance as weird. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Ah. <laughs> oh, god damn. <laughs> this was oh ah oh, oh. oh Christ. So we now have the younger woman, younger space woman doing... If there's such a thing as anti-porn, we've found it. Um, oh my fucking God, that's horrible. It starts off with a bad Shirley Temple impersonation. And, now got and then a really bad fart joke. And Beryl Reed with a camel toe. To oh. it with a trombone. Boys and girls. Don't put yourselves through this. Don't watch the Tomorrow People. No, no, watch the Tomorrow People. Just know what you're going in for when you watch Man for Emily. Because it's... Ed- <laughs> oh, my God. I'm a lady. And that manual lock has popped back to where it was. Well, yeah, he put it back to where it was. That's how they got through the door. Oh, good grief. Oh, fuck. So this is what happens after threads. He turned to Beryl Reed with a camel toe. No, no. Oh, what was the search is the search? The quest is the quest. Underworld. No, 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 no. no something good. Um, <laughs> was it Earth Search, the James Follett radio I've, thing? I've not heard it. Oh, it's good. Yeah. Well, they made two sequels, so it must have been all right. Switch off ship. The search is over. The search is finished. The search is over. Switch off ship. It's kind of like Zoe Harriet wrecking the computer in the invasion, but without the feather bow. Ooh, ooh, that's not a good look. I don't really understand why they went from the Queen of Hearts outfit, which was quite nice, to grot bags in a tuxedo. Thankfully, the end of the episode's arriving because of that familiar fog in the top left. <laughs> oh, you're taking that <laughs> forward, reverse, up, up down. down. <laughs> I'd forgotten that bit. <laughs> oh, dear. Good grief. Fahook. Okay, so he's he's become a traffic warden. I suspect in that day and age they had a, a haircut. Oh, what on earth is she wearing? Really? Fuck off. Oh, and he's just given the tomorrow people a, a parking ticket and walks off into the sunset with what looks like a really bad case of pies. Elizabeth Adair, apparently. Ooh. I didn't even bother changing her name. Well, that was ruinously bad. But entertainingly so. No, it wasn't. Oh, God, I'm only glad I'm full of gin. We can't do commentaries like this, it's ridiculous. No, this was a one-off for now. Um, yes. Thank you, Thames Colour Production, Copyright UK 1975. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
you don't want to do the next story on no. the desk then. So now that we've finished a man friendly, final thoughts. It, that was dreadful. Now bear in mind, I've never seen a one of the Tomorrow People. And All I've heard is the brilliant reviews for the Big Finish stuff. That was awful. To be fair, it's not the best introduction. To- it, it's entertaining. I'm glad I've seen it because I've always wanted to see the one with Peter Davison and Sandra Dickinson. In it. Okay. Next time around, we'll watch one of the good ones. I've allowed myself to get tipsy. Tanked. Yeah, in order to watch that. But that was dreadful. The best thing about it was Elizabeth Adair. She was outstanding in it, and I've never heard of her in anything else again. Maybe the Tomorrow People killed her passion for acting. What a terrible waste. I know that for a number of her appearances in the later series, she's only seen in the video screen because she spends an awful lot of time being quite heavily pregnant. Honestly, that is the most blatant waste of a good actress I've ever seen. Or what, because any... the other three were blokes? Well, one of those is really dubious. No, no, he, he really, really isn't. <laughs> if we could bring the gender equality back to the 21st century. Gender equality, my arse. He doesn't have any lines. Goodness me. No, he doesn't have any lines because he's a really shit actor. We will watch another Tomorrow People at some point. I'll search out one that's a good piece of television because some of the early ones are. Uh, the later ones, when if we ever come to do another drunken shit cast. <laughs> Which, to be fair, you knew that that was what this was going to be going into it. The, fact, the fact that it's a terrible piece of television is not oh, a surprise, because I warned you beforehand. It is 20 past three in the morning, filled oh. with gin, and we're watching something that is comfortably 45 years old. And dreadful. And dreadful. Uh, even you're saying that. That's how bad it is. And was I right? You have, you have laughed all the way through that. And the wrong things. I've had Beryl Reed flashing a bloody camel toe at me. Oh, God. The, the high kick is blazoned on my brain. Well, the one director camera? Yes, the one director camera. You're visualising it now, aren't you? Unwittingly. <laughs> what have you done? Oh... This has been the Exton Moss experiment. He's been Simon Exton and I've been distressed. We'll see you next time, if he's recovered. If the psychiatric treatment works. Good night, everybody. The Exton Moss experiment featured Simon Exton and Ken Moss. All featured soundtracks are the property of their respective producers and no infringement of copyright is intended. Title music was performed by the BBC Symphony Orchestra and the programme was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.